Letter seventy three, part two of Letters of John Keats to His Family and Friends, edited by Sidney Colvin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nemo. To George and Georgiana Keats, October sixteen. This is Friday. I know not what day of the month. I will inquire tomorrow, for it is fit you should know the time I am writing. I went to town yesterday, and calling at Mrs. Millar's, was told that your mother would not be found at home. I met Henry as I turned the corner. I had no leisure to return, so I left the letters with him. He was looking very well. Poor Tom's no better tonight. I am afraid to ask him what message I shall send from him. And here, I could go on complaining of my misery, but I will keep myself cheerful for your sakes. With a great deal of trouble, I have succeeded in getting Fanny to Hampstead. She has been several times. Mr. Lewis has been very kind to Tom all the summer. There has scarce a day passed, but he has visited him, and not one day without bringing or sending some fruit of the nicest kind. He has been very assiduous in his inquiries after you. It would give the old gentleman a great deal of pleasure if you would send him a sheet enclosed in the next parcel to me, after you receive this. How long it will be first! Why did I not write to Philadelphia? Really, I am sorry for that neglect. I wish to go on writing ad infinitum to you. I wish for interesting matter and a pen as swift as the wind but the fact is i go so little into the crowd now that i have nothing fresh and fresh every day to speculate upon except my own whims and theories i have been but once to hayden's once to hunts's once to rice's once to hesse's i have not seen taylor i have not been to the theatre now if i had been many times to all these and was still in the habit of going I could on my return at night have each day something new to tell you of without any stop. But now I have such a dearth that when I get to the end of this sentence and to the bottom of this page, I must wait till I can find something interesting to you before I begin another. After all, it is not much matter what it may be about, for the very words from such a distance penned by this hand will be grateful to you even though I were to copy out the tale of Mother Hubbard or Little Red Riding Hood. Later. I have been over to Dilk's this evening. There with Brown we have been talking of different and indifferent matters. Of Euclid, of metaphysics, of the Bible, of Shakespeare, of the horrid system and consequences of the fagging at great schools. I know not yet how large a parcel i can send i mean by way of letters i hope there can be no objection to my dowling up a choir made into a small compass that is the manner in which i shall write i shall send you more than letters i mean a tale which i must begin on account of the activity of my mind of its inability to remain at rest it must be prose and not very exciting I must do this 
because in the way i am at present situated i have too many interruptions to a train of feeling to be able to write poetry so i shall write this tale and if i think it worth while get a duplicate made before i send it off to you october twenty one this is a fresh beginning the twenty first october charles and henry were with us on sunday and they brought me your letter to your mother we agreed to get a packet off to you as soon as possible i shall dine with your mother to-morrow when they have promised to have their letters ready i shall send as soon as possible without thinking of the little you may have from me in the first parcel as i intend as i said before to begin another letter of more regular information here i want to communicate so largely in a little time that i am puzzled where to direct my attention haslam has promised to let me know from capper and hazelwood for want of something better i shall proceed to give you some extracts from my scotch letters yet now i think on it why not send you the letters themselves i have three of them at present i believe hayden has two which i will get in time i dined with your mother and henry at mrs millar's on thursday when they gave me their letters charles's i have not yet he has promised to send it the thought of sending my scotch letters has determined me to enclose a few more which i have received and which will give you the best cue to how i am going on better than you could otherwise know your mother was well and i was sorry i could not stop later i called on hunt yesterday it has been always my fate to meet allier there on thursday i walked with hazlitt as far as covent garden he was going to play rackets i think tom has been rather better these few last days he has been less nervous i expect reynolds to-morrow later about october twenty five since i wrote thus far i have met with that same lady again whom i saw at hastings and whom i met when we were going to the english opera it was in a street which goes from bedford row to lamb's conduit street i passed her and turned back she seemed glad of it glad to see me and not offended at my passing her before we walked on towards islington where we called on a friend of hers who keeps a boarding school she has always been an enigma to me she has been in a room with you and reynolds and wishes we should be acquainted without any of our common acquaintance knowing it as we went along sometimes through shabby sometimes through decent streets i had my guessing at work not knowing what it would be and prepared to meet any surprise first it ended at this house at islington on parting from which i pressed to attend her home she consented and then again my thoughts were at work what it might lead to though now they had received a sort of genteel hint from the boarding-school our walk ended in thirty-four gloucester street queen's square not exactly so for we went upstairs into her sitting-room a very tasty sort of place with books pictures a bronze statue of bonaparte music aeolian harp a parrot a linnet a case of choice liquors etc etc she behaved in the kindest manner 
made me take home a grouse for tom's dinner asked for my address for the purpose of sending more game i expect to pass some pleasant hours with her now and then in which i feel i shall be of service to her in matters of knowledge and taste if i can i will she and your george are the only women a peu près de mon age whom i would be content to know for their mind and friendship alone i shall in short time write you as far as i know how i intend to pass my life cannot think of those things now tom is so unwell and weak notwithstanding your happiness and your recommendation i hope i shall never marry though the most beautiful creature were waiting for me at the end of a journey or a walk though the carpet were of silk the curtains of the morning clouds the chairs and sofa stuffed with signets down the food mana the wine beyond claret the window opening on wind and mere i should not feel or rather my happiness would not be so fine as my solitude is sublime then instead of what i have described there is sublimity to welcome me home the roaring of the wind is my wife and the stars through the window-pane are my children the mighty abstract idea i have of beauty in all things stifles the more divided in minute domestic happiness an amiable wife and sweet children i contemplate as part of that beauty but i must have a thousand of those beautiful particles to fill up my heart i feel more and more every day as my imagination strengthens that i do not live in this world alone but in a thousand worlds no sooner am i alone than shapes of epic greatness are stationed around me and serve my spirit the office which is equivalent to a king's bodyguard then tragedy with sceptred pall comes sweeping by according to my state of mind i am with achilles shouting in the trenches or of theocritus in the vales of sicily or i throw my whole being into troilus and repeating those lines i wander like a lost soul upon the stygian banks staying for waftage i melt into the air with a voluptuousness so delicate that i am content to be alone these things combined with the opinion i have of the generality of women who appear to me as children to whom i would rather give a sugar-plum than my time form a barrier against matrimony which i rejoice in i have written this that you might see i have my share of the highest pleasures and that though i may choose to pass my days alone i shall be no solitary you see there is nothing splenical in all this the only thing that can ever affect me personally for more than one short passing day is any doubt about my powers for poetry i seldom have any and i look with hope to the nine time when i shall have none i am as happy as a man can be that is in myself i should be happy if tom was well and i knew you were passing pleasant days then i should be most enviable with the yearning passion i have for the beautiful connected and made one with the ambition of my intellect think of my pleasure and solitude in comparison of my commerce with the world there i am a child there they do not know me 
not even my most intimate acquaintance i give in to their feelings as though i were refraining from irritating a little child some think me middling others silly others foolish every one thinks he sees my weak side against my will when in truth it is with my will i am content to be thought all this because i have in my own breast so great a resource this is one great reason why they like me so because they can all show to advantage in a room and eclipse from a certain tact one who is reckoned to be a good poet i hope i am not here playing tricks to make the angels weep i think not for i have not the least contempt for my species and though it may sound paradoxical my greatest elevations of soul leave me every time more humbled enough of this though in your love for me you will not think it enough later october twenty nine or thirty one haslam has been here this morning and has taken all the letters except this sheet which i shall send him by the twopenny as he will put the parcel in the boston post-bag by the advice of capper and hazelwood who assure him of the safety and expedition that way the parcel will be forwarded to warder and thence to you all the same there will not be a philadelphia ship for these six weeks by that time i shall have another letter to you mind you i mark this letter a by the time you will receive this you will have i trust passed through the greatest of your fatigues as it was with your seasickness i shall not hear of them till they are past do not set to your occupation with too great an anxiety take it calmly and let your health be the prime consideration i hope you will have a son and it is one of my first wishes to have him in my arms which i will do please god before he cuts one double tooth tom is rather more easy than he has been but is still so nervous that i cannot speak to him of these matters indeed it is the care i have had to keep his mind aloof from feelings too acute that has made this letter so short a one i did not like to write before him a letter he knew was to reach your hands i cannot even now ask him for any message his heart speaks to you be as happy as you can think of me and for my sake be cheerful believe me my dear brother and sister your anxious and affectionate brother john this day is my birthday all our friends have been anxious in their inquiries and all send their remembrances end of letter seventy three part two